G'day legends and welcome to Kickstart Thinking, the podcast that helps you get into it, get over it, get onto it and get on with it. No matter where we are or where we want to be, we all need to kickstart our thinking every day to keep us on track toward our best life. I'm your host Rick Heaney and my purpose here is to help you create a mindset that lifts you and lifts the lives of those around you. So thanks for joining me on Kickstart Thinking, now let's get into it and kickstart yours. G'day legends and welcome to today's episode of the Kickstart Thinking Podcast, Persistence and Expectations. I'm your host Rick Heaney and I'm so happy that you've joined me today for the Kickstart Thinking Podcast. And before we start, just a reminder to uh, kickstart your days with my thought for the day on Facebook at the start of our days and the best way you can find me is uh, both Instagram and Facebook, just search Kickstart Thinking. And if you really want to make a difference in your life and really want to start achieving the things that you want in your life, reach out and let's start, uh, let's work together. Now let's get stuck into today's podcast. First up, you're developing that awesome habit yet, that morning habit that will transform your mindset into a success-achieving powerhouse. Did you look at yourself this morning and tell yourself, today I'm kickstarting my thinking? Have you written out those affirmations that we talked about in the last podcast? If you did, well done. It's the little things each day that will make a difference in your life. If not, why not give it a go? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Okay, on to today's topic of persistence and expectations. A couple of stories that I want to bring together to date, and uh, it takes me back about, well, actually 25 years, 25 years uh, this month, I think, um, back to 1995. It was a big sporting weekend here in uh, here in Australia. Uh, it just happened that we had, uh, on the Saturday, we had the grand final of the uh, Aussie Rules football, and that was between Geelong and Carlton uh, that year, 1995. And the following day, we actually had um, uh, the, the Bathurst 1000 motor race, which was uh, quite an incredible race. And I'll... Uh, and, and, it was, it was funny. I watched the two of those um, the two of those events, and it that weekend just set my thinking alight on what happened in each of those, and, and that's what I want to cover today. So, first up, Geelong Carlton, uh, two you know big rival teams. Uh, my wife uh, Andrea's family, massive Geelong supporters, have been their whole lives. Um, I'm not a I'm not a massive football fan, but I do like to see Carlton win. Uh, if they don't, yeah, doesn't doesn't matter for me. In fact, most important for me is that uh, is is watching a really really good game. Anyway, Carlton uh, were the underdogs uh, that year. Geelong had absolutely dominated all year. They had been the 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 top of the top of the top team. Nobody could even come close to them, and they everybody just knew that uh, that they were yeah they were the, the, the favorites for the premiership to take out the uh, the grand final flag one of the things though is um, you've got to take your right thinking into whatever you're doing and if you if your head's not in the right place it doesn't matter where your skills are because your skills and your knowledge will only get you so far it's how you think on the day it's how you think and how you apply your um, your, your mind it's how you it's, it's what you bring to every single day, to every single task that'll make the difference. So let's look at the game. So here we are. There's a whole family of Geelong supporters, and uh, you know, and they had the TV set up and all the food, and there was beer, and there was you know everything it was going to be an awesome day, and they were all going to laugh at me all day because Geelong was going to get their butts. Uh, sorry, Carlton was going to get their butts kicked by Geelong, who were just dominant. Anyway, first quarter starts. You know, siren goes, and off they go, and uh, and Carlton really bought their A game. They really did. They were they were everywhere. You know what it's like when you watch a you watch a team somehow 
they just seem to be everywhere and the, and, and the opposing team just can't get to where the ball is. That's what was, that's, that was Geelong. Geelong had been unbeatable all year. They were just incredible. Best team by far all year. However, that day, they didn't come to play, or so it seemed. It was like their expectation had been to get to the grand final, and once they were there, of course they were going to get it, right? But they didn't. I don't think they had the expectation, even though they were the best in the all year, I don't think they actually had the expectation that they were going to have to really play in this grand final. Geelong just fell apart, and by the end of the first quarter of the, of the game, and for the uh, for the overseas visitors uh, to the podcast, the uh, the Australian rules football is uh, it's quite a dynamic game, and, and it's played over over four quarters of about twenty five minutes plus a bit of time on and and, and things. So, um, and uh, and a huge game, hundred thousand people in the uh, in the, the stadium at the MCG, and by the first quarter. It might as well have been over. The whole mood in the house that I was in had changed. Um, and in fact, it actually was so bad, the game, that it wasn't it wasn't even fun for me by the end of the first quarter to make fun of Geelong because they had just fallen apart. And, uh, and they got, uh, well, really, what they got was a lesson in football. And, uh, and yeah, uh, in fact, it happened for a couple of years and uh, the, there was a joke going around that... Uh, Who's going to win the grand final this year? Well, whoever plays Geelong in it. Anyway, that was uh, that was that that day, and uh, you know my in-laws and things were uh, were not enjoying themselves, and they were um, yeah bagging their own team like you wouldn't believe. You know we we ended up having a good day and barbecue and things anyway. Following day, I'm at home, and so there's a, a motor race each year uh, in Australia here called uh, the Bathurst 1000, and it's a town outback or country New South Wales, uh, town of Bathurst, and the, the track is at a, a location called Mount Panorama. So it's, it's quite a, a scenic, beautiful thing. To give, uh, to give those people who aren't uh, into motor racing, and, uh, and if, you, if you're not into sport, don't worry about it too much with this thing. I'm just giving examples, and we'll get into you know, why these examples matter. So to give people um, who don't know the, the Bathurst 1000 and the, and the Mount Panorama track, it's called the Great Race, and it's actually been described by motor racing commentators from around the world as probably the toughest race in the world each year. It's a 1,000 kilometers race 163 laps over the course of the day uh, 6.2 kilometer track so that's about uh, about 3.8 miles there are 23 corners on the track and there's nearly 600 feet altitude difference between the bottom of the track where the uh, and the, the pitch straight and the uh, and the top of the uh, top of the circuit which is massive really it can be it can be bright sunny in one part of that track and it can be pelting rain in another part of the track and it's something they've got to deal with all day it's an amazing race it's a public road and uh, for the rest of the year it's a, a 60 kilometer an hour or 37 mile an hour limit and uh, and as it goes up and down mount panorama the sometimes the gradients are as much as, uh, as as one in six so you know one meter climb for just six meters of, uh, of track so it's uh, it's quite staggering Back to the race. There was a, a driver there called Larry Perkins. He was um, you know, one of the one of the top drivers. He had his uh, his own Perkins racing team, and uh, and I I can't remember. I think he might have been on the second or third row of the grid, and bang, race starts. Off they go. There's uh, about 40 cars in the field, and 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 they're all heading towards the first corner, and it is a mighty start. Anyway, somebody comes up on the inside of Larry Perkins, and they didn't, you know, they, they, it wasn't a wasn't a crash, wasn't anything like that. In fact, uh, the only thing that happened was their front wheel touched his rear tire, his rear wheel, and 
popped out the valve. So by the time he um, got around the first corner and halfway up the first straight, uh, he had a flat tyre. So he's gone, and you can't race with a flat tyre. So the whole field has just passed him. So he's gone from, I think it was... I think it was uh, second row, so he's uh, third on the grid. And by the time he gets through to halfway up the first straight, he's in last place. Right? His race is absolutely devastated. But Larry Perkins is an absolute professional. He and his team went, righto, okay, we changed the plan. We changed the plan. We, they, they, he came back into the pits after that first, managed to get around the, the six kilometres of the, of the track and get back, to the, get back to the pits. So he's back in the pits, changed the tyre, ch- chuck a bit of fuel in, and out he goes, and he has got a, a really clear track because everybody else is so far in front of him, and he just and they changed their game plan. Their game plan went from being one of the top performers at the start of the uh, front of the grid to making their way through the field, clawing their way back through uh, over the next 162 laps. So they had 900 and uh, yeah, 900 and uh, what's that? 94 laps uh, or kilometres. To, uh, to try and catch the, the, the front of the grid. Over the course of the day, they just drove and drove and, and, they, and they looked after the car and they just made their way through the field, all the way through the field. And, and by the last, um, I, think with, um, I think with nine laps to go, um, they pretty much knew that Glenn Seaton, who was in front, uh, and he looked like he was going to win his first. Well, he was in he was in the box seat to win his first um, uh, first Bathurst 1000. Uh, with nine laps to go, they said, "Righto, let's just settle in. We're not going to be able to catch him. Let's just settle in." And uh, and hey, going from last place to second place, that is sensational. Two laps to go, Glenn Seaton flying along, looking after the car. Bang, engine blows up. And uh, and uh, up the mountain, and the car just came to a grinding halt, and uh, and he had to just sort of allow it to roll back uh, against the uh, against the concrete wall. Two laps to go. All of a sudden, with no chance of winning the race, Larry Perkins is in front and has a margin that nobody can catch. So he's gone and won the biggest race, the biggest motor race of the year in Australia, having been last halfway up the first straight. And a thousand kilometres later, he wins, and he's up on the podium as the winner. Unbelievable, right? I everybody felt so bad for for Glenn Seaton because you know they, he really did deserve a great result. But you know what? That's motor racing. So I want to look at both. I want to look look at both events and look at what happened. I want to compare the two. Why each result happened, right? Geelong, they were dominant. They were the people. They had the skills. They had the everything. What happened? They didn't bring their A game. They expected it to be easy. They expected that, that effectively, they expected they'd already got there and they didn't have to do the work anymore. Well, that's how it seemed. But what they didn't have was when things started to go wrong, they lost their bundle. They just dropped it. It was like they were shell-shocked, like somebody you know, smacked them over the back of the head with a bat. They were just lost. They didn't play. They, they didn't um, support each other to bring the best out in each other. They just lost their bundle. Then you look at the following day, and those guys went, yeah, they had an expectation to be in the front of the field all day because that's the team they were. However, they also looked at things when it, when, when it went as wrong as it possibly could have. They've gone, okay, let's change the game plan. What do we need to do? It, everything has gone wrong. We don't stand a chance right now unless we change, unless we pick up the pace. What do we do? That's what they did. They just changed and they persisted and they persisted and they persisted and they expected that they would be able to get the best result possible 
if they persisted and they just made their way through the field and did they win because did Larry Perkins win that race the, the biggest race of the year did he win that race because Glenn Seaton's car blew up no he won that race because he was there in the position to win when Glenn Seaton's car blew up everything they did during the day put them in the best position to make the best of the worst position. And that's what happens. You, to make the best in life, you've got to make the best of how everything turns out. By the end of that day, it just hit me. I was doing, you know, I was writing a lot of training programs at the time, and I thought, this is the best example this whole weekend. It's the best example of why persistence and expectations will drive your life. So how does that transfer into your life, into my life, into our lives? How do you expect things to go? And if things don't go how do you, how you expect, how do you persist? How do you change your game plan? What do you do? What is the habitual way that you bring to your thinking that makes your life either work out how you want it or not? What is it on a daily basis? That what are the small things? What are the, when, when things are going right, what are you saying to yourself? When things are going wrong, what are you saying to yourself? If you could change anything about how you, how you think, and you can, what is it that you need to do? What's the terminology that you use during the day? Do you support yourself by saying, ah, you know, yep, it's gone wrong, doesn't matter, let's get on with it? Or, you, or do you curse and, and, you know, and, and feel sorry for yourself and, and look for all the reasons why it's somebody else's fault? Okay? The thing, if, if I can give you the biggest, my biggest wish for you is to stop looking at anything in your life as somebody else's fault and start seeing everything as your responsibility. And by the way, if you want to change your results, if you want to change, your, shift your mindset, if, and I'm talking about whether it be business, whether it be work, whether it be your health, whether it, uh, you know, your, your personal relationships, if you want to change and you really want to change, then reach out and let's work together. But only do that if you're serious about changing. So if you're serious about changing, reach out. You know, just get in contact with me. I'm easily contactable and let's work together. So think about your thinking. Can you see how your limiting thinking holds you back? Can you see how uh, your habitual ways of thinking hold you back? Or can you see how your habitual ways of thinking support you and drive you forward? Because either way, as, as Henry Ford said, and I've used this before, as Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or think you can't, either way you're right. Here's an idea. Listen to the previous podcast again. That's a podcast about how uh, small things that, uh, during your day that can dramatically change your life. And work out your the affirmations. Uh, work out the affirmations that will lift you and that will actually lift your results for you. So what can you apply these ideas to? What expectations can you change? What is it about your results in life that you expect? Do you just find that things go wrong all the time and, and that's what you've come to expect? Well, those are expectations you need to change, and they and they they will change by your thinking, by your habits, by your attitude, by your just by applying small things on a daily basis. So, what expectations can you change? What persistence can you apply? How can you change your persistence and expectations? What examples? Have a look around you in your life and in the lives that you see around you. What examples can you see that can help you change your expectations and your persistence? And then how can you apply those ideas every day? Right? How can you do that? What can you do? What are the little things you can do to make changes? So kickstart your thinking tomorrow morning and change your expectations and, your, and, and start to build your persistence. Kickstart your thinking tomorrow morning by looking in the bathroom mirror, look in your own eyes and say out loud, today I kickstart my thinking. Today I'm kickstarting my dreams. Today I stop feeling sorry for myself and I make a difference in my life today. Today my persistence will be incredible. Today, my expectations will reach the peak that they've never had before. 
then continue that conscious process of, of changing your thinking throughout the day. Do that for the next 30 days and you will have created a habit that will change your life. Okay? I'd seriously love to work with you. Right? If if you know if you're ready to make the changes. If that if not, that's okay. You know, keep listening to the podcast and keep getting good input and, and listen to other great podcasts and things as well. Listen to my daughter Chelsea's podcast, listen, uh, loud and seemingly confident. But do things each day. Do something, do many things every day to lift your life, to, to lift your thinking. Okay, so that pretty much wrapped up today's podcast. I sincerely hope you take these ideas and make them your own because it's all about you making your life sensational. So as you go through your days, please remember to keep your actions kind, your thoughts positive, your attitude grateful, and always have caring in your heart. And remember that you can kickstart your thinking and kickstart your future today. So please, uh, if, if you would, I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star rating and a review so that others can find the show more easily. And please share my podcast, my Facebook, uh, sorry, Facebook. Um <laughs> See, this is live, recorded live. Um, my podcast, my Instagram, Facebook post with everybody you know. Uh, and let's help others kickstart their thinking. I'd love to work with you to help you help you take your life where you want it to go. So reach out and let's work together. Thank you so much for listening. Tune into the next episode. And for now, get stuck in and make your day sensational. <laughs>